22 to 3. Now, the Harry Potter and the Lord of the Rings movies have made the world of witchcraft and wizardry pretty popular. And you can't move for kids dressed up as Harry the Boy Wizard at book club parades at schools. But there was a time when if you were suspected of being a witch or a wizard, you were done for. The Salem Witch Trials saw dozens of innocent men, women and children killed after they were accused of witchcraft in Massachusetts in the 1600s. And there have been a lot of stories written about the Salem Witch Trials. One of the most famous, though, would have to be the Arthur Miller play The Crucible. A lot of people studied it at school. And Aussie actor, director and author Brendan Cowell recently starred in a production of the play by the National Theatre London, which you'll be able to see on the big screen when it's released in select cinemas from this weekend. And I'm pleased to say that Brendan Cowell joins me now. Brendan, welcome to Afternoons. Thanks, Deb. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Congrats on this production. This is a big deal, though, because some of the biggest names have performed for the National Theatre London. You've got Helen Mirren, David Tennant, even James Corden. What's it like to perform on a stage like that? Yeah, on the Olivier stage as well, which is a 1,200-seat theatre and very historic. And it's funny, when you're rehearsing the play, it's all taped up um, and there's spots on the tape that's like, that's his spot, that's Rory Kinnear's spot, that's where he did the Hamlet monologue. And there's all these magic spots that acoustically are apparently, you know, where you're meant to stand. Do you feel the Um, energy from, from those legends? Yeah, you can. And there's there's a huge painting of Laurence Olivier before you walk on with his moustache and everything on the side of the theatre. And yeah, it's pretty intimidating when you first get there. It's a big brutalist building down on South Bank if people haven't been there. And there's three theatres in the building. Um, and there's hundreds of artists moving around and a big restaurant and kitchen and everything. Wow. Um, so it's quite, it's quite the building to be in. Um, and after all that, you just have to remember to just say your line and be truthful and do the show. You know, you can't, you got to try not to get caught up in all that. Yeah, you, you can't have that um, sort of the image of, of you know Lawrence Olivier in your mind as you stand on no. stage. Yikes! Talk about nerves. No, but it it <laughs> is you know it's an honour to have done it, and the National Theatre is revered, and it was one I very much wanted to tick off, and I I did visualise you know one day perform. I kind of opened my arms and when I was leaving you know in the middle of the pandemic, and I, I did say to the national, I'll be back for you, oh, you know, and so good. it was very nice. Yeah. <laughs> and did you ever study or or do the Crucible at school? Because a lot of kids have, have read the book and do it as part of part of their HSC and schooling. No, we I didn't study it. Um, I just remember seeing the movie with Daniel Day Lewis and. And I remember the bit where he sprinkled the salt into the, the stew, um, the rabbit stew, and with his wife's back turned, and I thought, oh, that geez, that's a brilliant moment. It summarises their relationship or where they're at. And and I thought maybe one day I'll play him because I could play a farmer. And and, and then Brian Pettifer, who I um, acted with in Galileo, said, you've got to do Proctor. You've got that earthiness, Brendan. You've mm-hmm. got that earthiness. You'd make a great Proctor. And... and and I thought, you're right, look, I would love to do that. And so that and my visualisation of the National kind of came together. But no, I, I never studied it or had a relationship with it, really. Yeah, well, he's a complex character, John Proctor, the, the farmer, the earthy mm. chap who you portray. And, you know, he has the affair with the young woman, Abigail Williams, played by Erin Doherty, which she's a phenomenal actress. I recognised mm. her vaguely from playing a young Princess Anne in The Crown. But what a performance. Yeah, in in the Crown because I checked her out after um, I heard she was playing Abigail and I hadn't seen the Crown and 
she just walks into this really um, kind of settled show of all these famous people and she she just doesn't care and suddenly she just steals the whole thing. Yes. Like she's startling on screen and there was a show called Chloe, I think it was called Chloe, um, which was kind of a catfishy thriller and she was amazing in that. And, um, you know, we, we work very differently, Erin um, uh, and I, on stage. You know, I, I kind of hang out and then walk on stage and see what happens. And she very much whips her up, whips herself up into a state, you know, she's kind of, um, and so it was very different. Um, but yeah, it was pretty, pretty cool to walk on, to, to know she was going to be out there every night. Yeah. Well, it, it works very well. And the, the Crucible itself, it premiered in 1953 and there was a lot going on in the world at the time. And it was considered a bit of subtle commentary on the sort of witch hunt to do with communism at the time. Do you think that it'll resonate still with modern audiences that, I mean, it's an iconic play, the Crucible, but do you think it resonates today? Yeah, I think when society is disillusioned, we tend to clutch onto something and and we need to blame it on something. Um, it seems to be a human kind of thing. And if you look at cancel culture today, um, you know, often people don't really know what they're cancelling, but they get on board the hate of, of things. And um, that definitely uh, is the case in this play. And, you know, Arthur Miller's best mate, Elijah Kazan, that had directed all these plays in Tennessee Williams plays, he was just naming people in, in Hollywood. And Arthur was like, oh, God, is he going to name me or is he going to get done? And meanwhile, you know, he, he was told to go up to Salem and read the, the court reports. And also he was, you know, writing letters to a young Marilyn Monroe. So he had that guilt um, in which Proctor had, and that was his way in. And and Proctor and Abigail were kind of the two figures in all the reports that not a lot was written about. So I think he chose them to go, okay, I can pour in a, a fictional narrative and then play the non-fiction narrative of the event out and put, it, put his own dilemma in. And that's kind of what a writer needs to do is is find their own way in. It doesn't matter how good the story is. Um, you can't write a story you don't connect to, yeah. you know what I mean? You can only really write a Wikipedia page. So, But I think now more than ever, you know, that notion of whipping up a frenzy and, and destroying somebody is um, is alive and well. Yeah, yeah. true. The cancel, cult cancel culture for sure. So it's going to be released in select cinemas. Similar release was done with the musical Hamilton, which is, I reckon, a great way for some of these big productions to be a bit more accessible. And you get a chance as an, the audience member to see stuff on stage that you may not see from the cheap seats if you're in the theatre up the back. You see the detail and, and you get to see the faces of the actors playing the roles. Yeah, that's right. And, and and all three things you just said are true. I used to dread, you know, when you'd see theatre that had been filmed because it was the old camera up the back and you didn't get any atmosphere. And it was Bad like, audio. oh, your acting looked <laughs> terrible. But these NT live cats, and a lot of them are very young, they get in there and they, we, we shoot it a few times, but they only, they try to just play the one to make sure it's live. And and I love the fact that a 17-year-old kid in Tokyo who wants to be a theatre director but he can't get over to London can go, oh, I can watch Simon Stone's new play, I can watch Lindsay Turner's new play and that actor that I like, you know, and, and, and to think that he can look at Es Devlin's set and the rain and have his own little ideas and then go and put something on at his theatre and it just makes all the London, all the theatre weirdos of the world and plus audiences you know and mum my mum flew over and saw it three times but she said i love the film because i got to see your facial reactions and i i just felt so much closer into the intensity because the as i said before that theater's 1200 seats it's got ears on it it's it's a big epic theater 
Um, so yeah, I think it's a really, really good thing. I still think there's nothing like sitting down in the dark and watching it live. But if you can't get that, then NT Live's not far behind now with how clever they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's stark contrast to the other project you're involved in, Avatar Two. What was it like working on a mega movie like that with a director like James Cameron? Oh, look, it's it's kind of still hard to believe I was in that movie, and and well, and you'll the be fact in more because you know, your role's going to be continuing. Yeah, yeah, I think they've announced that. So I've got a little bit to do on film three. We shot them both at the same time over a six-year period. I was only in the last three years because I'm live action and they did the motion capture first. I've got a bit more to pick up in film three, allegedly, though who knows. Um, so, yeah, it was really exciting. And, and that came off the back of me playing Galileo. And I'm, I'm proud of that, that all my breaks have come through theatre, you know, and and... And my break in theatre over here have come through theatre that I did in Australia, you know. And, and yeah, ironically, I was so relaxed on the set of Avatar because Jim's so playful and he just backs you and he's such a funny, fun, provocative guy. And, you know, we, we he's pretty cheeky and so we had a pretty good banter and he just pushed me and I was up for it, you know. And and I um, had to kind of check myself a few times because I was a little bit too relaxed. On You're like, set. hang on, this is, this is James Cameron. <laughs> I know. I was like, you know, I was probably a little bit more conservative on the in in the theatre of like, get this right, do what they say. And on on Avatar, I was like, let's go. This is my ship. You know, it's my ship. Um, but I absolutely loved it. And and now to be part of that legacy, you know. Um, it, the fact that I'm in, I'm in that movie and that movie is it will go down in history and 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 that's just you know what a thing yeah what a pinch me thing absolutely well mm. you're kicking great goals you're doing phenomenally well on the stage and screen and good to see the Crucible will be in cinemas from this weekend Brendan Carr thanks so much for joining us thanks Deb pleasure. Aussie actor, producer, writer and all-round great guy, Brendan Cowell here on Afternoons with Deborah Knight.